years since I stood behind this pulpit. And I stood behind many pulpits since then, but this is the best one. Come on, somebody say amen. But I, I do. I feel like uh, my, myself and my wife that we are home and driving on the way here, we were like, it just feels like we never left. As we were coming down the block, it was like, okay, it's Sunday. I'm going to preach. Feels like we never, never left. But we love you all with the, with the love of the Lord. And I want to thank uh, Bishop Hiram and Sister Lori for, you know, having us here and for the warm welcome that you've given us. How many know God is going to move today? Come on, somebody say amen. Today's the day the Lord has made. He said rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, there's a lot to be rejoiced. Come on, somebody say amen. My goodness. I know one thing, I'm not going to preach this alone. You're going to preach it with me. Somebody say amen. And there ain't no devil in hell going to have his way today. Somebody say amen. It's been a tough year for everybody. It's been a tough year for the church. It's been a tough year for families. But the last time I looked, God is still on the throne. And nothing took him by surprise. Come on, somebody say amen. He knew about all this before the world began. He knows what's going to be tomorrow. He's got you in the palm of his hands. You're not here today by accident. If you're sitting here today, it's because God ordained you to be here today and to hear this word. Can you say amen? Come on, God is so good. Amen and amen. Let me just pray. Let's bow our heads and just close our eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for Bishop Hiram and Sister Lori and this beautiful church. Thank you for the Spirit of God that is here. Thank you ahead of time, Holy Spirit, for your anointing that makes preaching easy. Lord, I thank you, and I know, Lord, nobody's here by accident. And, Father, that your word is going to touch each and every one here. And, Holy Spirit, I ask one thing, that when everything is said and done, that Jesus and Jesus alone would receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In his name we pray, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. I'm not going to read the scripture yet, but you could turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And in just a few moments, we'll read verses 24 to 28. Matthew chapter 7. Are you ready? No, 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 I didn't mean with that. I, I meant, are you, re- are you ready to go to work today? You ready for the word? No, 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 no. You see, are you ready for the word? Listen, when you get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of shouting. If you, listen, when you get to heaven, you may have to put earmuffs on. Because my Bible tells me there are thousands upon thousands times ten thousands of angels that are giving him praise, honor, and glory 24 hours a day. Come on, somebody say amen. God is so good. Praise the Lord. When's the last time that you checked your foundation? We're so busy looking up, we never look down. We're so worried about where we're going and how we're going to get there. We never look down at our own foundation. Somebody say amen. The most important part of your whole person, your building, is the foundation. If the foundation is shaken, if it's destroyed, you can't do it. What can the righteous do? If your foundation is falling apart, there is no tomorrow. There is no looking up and there is no looking forward. Somebody say amen. In 1174, the Italian architect, Bonanno Pismo, began work on what would become his most famous project, a separately standing eight-story bell tower in the city of Pisa. There was just one little problem. Builders quickly discovered that the soil was was much softer than they had anticipated and the foundation was far too shallow 
to hold the structure. Before long, it began to tilt and tilt and tilt. And it continued to tilt until finally the architect and the builders realized that nothing could be done to make the leaning tower of Pisa straight again. It took 176 years to build the Tower of Pisa. And during that time, many things were done to try and compensate for the tilt. The foundation was shored up. The upper levels were even built on an angle to try and make the top of the tower look straight, but nothing worked. The tower stood for 800 years but it still leans 18 feet away from where it should be. One day experts say it will will fall, all because it was not built on the right foundation. Somebody say the right foundation. The builders were in such a hurry to go up that they never took time to look down. The facade looked beautiful. It was okay. But because the foundation wasn't secure, the tower still teeter-totters today. I've been told that the depth of a foundation depends on the quality of soil. But most engineers will tell you that no matter how long it takes to get there, the best foundations go right down to the bedrock. Somebody say amen. The Sears Tower actually goes down 100 feet into the ground. 100 feet into the ground. I want to talk about foundations today. When's the last time you looked at the foundation that you're standing on? When's the last time you checked the foundation? You know what I found out? Nobody cares about a foundation. When people look at the house, they look at the outside. They look at the inside. They look at the drapery and the furniture and how beautiful the lawn is manicured. They look at the color of the house and the siding and the brickwork and the pool and the roof. And when you pass a house, everybody says, look how beautiful the house is. Look how wonderful it looks. Did you ever hear somebody ever say, wow, that foundation is beautiful? Look at the color of that foundation. It doesn't have any cracks. Boy, that's a beautiful foundation. You never hear it. You know why? We just see what the eyes want to see. We just want to see from the ground up. We're so busy looking up. We're so worried about how we look and how we dress and how we sound and, and, and what people will see in us that we're never looking at the foundation what we're standing on. Because I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to stop right I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit do what he's going to do. Somebody say amen. I'm just silly that way. But I'm going to tell you what, it don't matter how good you look. It don't matter how much money you have in the bank or how many degrees you have or who you think you are or what people are going to say about you. The facade means nothing. The most important part of your life is your foundation. Who are you standing on? Who are you rooted in? Somebody say amen. And we're going to see with Jesus there's only two options. Either you're rooted in the world or you're rooted in Jesus Christ. You know what I love about the Lord? And we're going to see that in a second. He only ever gives you two choices. Somebody say amen. You know how they always say all roads lead to God? No, they don't. Somebody say amen. There's only two choices. You either go the way of the world or you go the way of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Come on, just give him a hand clap of praise. Before we read the scripture, Jesus has everybody sitting Probably on a hillside, the the location of where they are right now is very hilly and there's valleys and and there's mountainous areas, so he's preparing them. He, He just preached a wonderful, wonderful sermon. You can go back all the way to, to chapter five and read it. He he just preached Bishop on the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. He just preached on the two gates, that there's a narrow one and there's a 
broad one and that leads to destruction and many there are going to be that find it. He just taught them in the chapters before how to pray, Our Father, the who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He taught them forgiveness. He taught them in these chapters not to judge your brother, to look at yourself before you judge. So many things were preached, and he's coming to the end of his sermon now. And you got to understand something. There are probably hundreds and thousands listening to him. We have a lot of people that go to church and listen. Somebody say amen. I said, we have a lot of people that go to church and listen. Churches are filled today with people that are going to listen. There were people sitting with Jesus back then that were listening. But what I'm about to preach on now, Jesus said to them, because he wanted to know, you're not just going to listen, are you going to do what you just heard me preach? He's going to end this sermon with a parable. And whenever Jesus would give a parable, he would do it in such a simple way to communicate a theological idea. So he has them sitting by hills, by the limestone and the sandstone, by valleys. Come on, somebody say amen. The area that they were sitting, watch this. Filled with the hills and valleys. And these areas were subject to sudden and violent rains. The people knew that. The dry streams would quickly overflow. And everything in water's way would be swept away. And they also knew the ground, like I said, was a mixture of sandstone and limestone. So before he preaches what I'm about to read and he ends his his sermon with a parable, they're getting a picture of the landscape so that when he tells them, it's going to register. Somebody say amen. Listen to the story Jesus is going to tell. And he uses four common images. Two men, two houses, two foundations, and one big nasty storm. Now, I know none of us ever had a storm. I know none of us ever suffered a storm in life. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on. If you never had a storm in your life, raise your hand. I want to know what your secret is. Somebody say amen. You never had a problem in your life. Nobody ever did anything to you. You never not, you know, had money for a bill. You never, you always felt perfect. You never had to go to a doctor. Tell me what your secret is. Because you know what? Everybody has been through a storm or will go through a storm. All of us have been through the storm of COVID. All of us know people that have died from it have suffered from it. Come on, somebody say amen. Lost businesses from it. Didn't collect paychecks from it. Churches that went out, that just went out, couldn't even uh, operate anymore. Businesses. Oh, come on, somebody say amen. And that was just COVID. Life hits us all. And the storms come. And I found something out about a storm. It doesn't give you a heads up. Somebody say amen. It doesn't give you a heads up. It doesn't say, listen, next Friday at 10 o'clock, I'm coming to your house. You just wake up on Friday and there it is. Somebody say amen. Come on, I'm going to preach this message today. God's good. The Holy Ghost is going to do something here. Somebody say amen. My Lord, look at verse 24, Matthew chapter 7. Remember, he just got done preaching. He gave them a lot to listen to. Now he wants to know, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, The winds blew and beat, somebody say beat, upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. 
And every one that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings the people were astonished at his doctrine. I want to stop right there. Jesus uses a lot of contrasts and comparisons when he communicates. And in most of Jesus' parables, you're going to see, you know, I found out Jesus likes to preach, and when he does tell a parable, it's always by twos, twos. There were two gates. There were two men. There were two foundations. Come on, somebody say amen. There were two different roads, two different destinations. And you know what it tells me? There's only ever two options. Come on. Jesus only ever gives you two options when he gives a parable. He doesn't give you five different ways. He says you're either going to do it my way or you're going to do it their way. Come on, somebody say amen. He's always preaching in twos, always gives two options. We're either trusting Christ and enter through the narrow gate or we're going through the wide gate that leads to destruction. Somebody say amen. We're on either, listen, you're either on the road to heaven or the highway to hell. Somebody say amen. See, I'm going to preach it the way it is. Somebody say amen. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Come on. My Lord. I want to look at this. He uses the word everyone. Everyone, it's in another trans, I'm using the King James, is used twice to indicate there are no exceptions, no middle ground. One way leads to life and the other one leads to death. He's talking to everyone. Everyone. Every color, every creed, every culture. Everyone that listens at the sound of his voice. He says to everyone who doeth these things, everyone, I will liken him. And everyone who doesn't, I will liken him. Two roads. You only ever have two roads. Somebody say amen. Today you're sitting in this church. There's only one or two ways you can go. You can go the way of Jesus or you can go the way of the world. Somebody say amen. There is no middle ground. There is no, oh, come on. I had an uncle who used to say, don't worry, Chris. Uh, I got my own arrangement with the Lord. I said, no, you don't, uncle. No, you don't. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. Somebody say amen. There are no arrangements. There are no pro special people. Come on, somebody say amen. Not by works are you saved. That's why the road is narrow. That's why he said narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that enter therein. You know why? Not everybody could walk that narrow way. When you walk the narrow way, it's not you. It's not self. It's Jesus. It's not religion. It's Jesus. It's not your works. It's Jesus. It's a very, very fine road. Why do you think they put the apostles to death? Because they say all roads lead to heaven? No, because they said one. Thank God for preachers today that aren't afraid to say Jesus is the only way. Somebody say amen because they don't want to lose the congregation. They don't want people to leave their churches. So they don't mention his name. They just say God. So this way everybody could be happy. No, his name is Jesus. And few there be that find it. Somebody say amen. The Bible never said there are going to be many that find it. It said few. Not everybody that says Lord, Lord. Somebody say amen. You can sit in church all you want. Praise God. You can sing the songs and wave your hands and say hallelujah and give testimony and do everything. And still. Mm. It's a very narrow walk. Somebody say amen. 
and few there be that find it. I want to look at the two builders. We're introduced in this story to two men. By all appearances, they may have looked the same. Bishop, they used the same tools. They had the same materials. They had the same weather. They had the same atmosphere, and they were building their homes for them and their families, and both persevered because Jesus tells us that they completed both of the homes. Somebody say amen. They both had a good intention. Notice that there are only two builders. Once again, he divides it into two groups. Not three, not four. There were two men. Two houses were built. There were two foundations. You're going to have to pick one. Somebody say amen. You're going to have to pick one. Watch this. Everyone is building for to live is to build. Everyone at the sound of my voice right now is building a life. That body that's yours, everything from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, that's your building. Somebody say amen. And the tools that you're using to build it are your attitude, your actions, your words, your, the way you smile, the way you don't smile, the way you uh, go to work, the way you don't go to work, the way you raise your family, the way you don't, the way you look, the way you, you act. Come on, those are the building blocks of your building building. Somebody say amen. Are you building to last or are you building to crash? Not everybody here is building to last. Somebody, don't get mad at me. That's all right. That's all right. It's good. If you get mad at me, that means the Holy Spirit's doing something. Somebody say amen. If you're getting angry, that means the Holy Spirit's stirring you up. Right, Brother John? He's stirring you up. You're either building to last or you're going to build to crash. Either your foundation is going to last or it's not. Do you know when a home inspector goes into a home and they're going to buy a home, do you want to know what the most important structure in that home is? The foundation. They go down to that foundation right away and they look for cracks. And they look for the direction of the crack and why it's cracking. And the only reason why a foundation's going to crack in a bad way is it's not on the right ground. The soil they built it on was not tested. They thought it was going to hold, but it kind of shifted the... Somebody, come on. I said it shifted the building. The builders didn't know that they were going to shift. But in time, it started to shift. A lot of people build, come on, they're building their, their cells, they're building their home, and they don't realize that if they're not on the right rock, they're going to shift. And a lot of times it happens over a long period of time. You don't even realize that you shifted. Somebody say amen. When they built the Tower of Pisa, they didn't realize it was going to shift till it was too late. How many Christians have built their house, they started building it on Jesus, and in time, they began to shift? Somebody say amen. And now they realize they're 18 feet in the wrong direction, and they go, preacher, how did I get here? I don't understand what was happening. The last I knew, I thought I was doing okay. I thought everything was all right. And now all of a sudden I realize I'm a little bit to the right and I can't get back. I'm having a hard time. What happened? You shifted. You started switching foundations. You started mixing the good soil with the soil that wasn't coarse enough to hold up the weight. Somebody say, oh, I'm going to go somewhere with this. Somebody say amen. The word wise man in here, the word wise means be thoughtful, understanding, and prudent. Proverbs says, the wise in heart accepts commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Then you have a foolish man. The word in the Greek is moros. That's where we get the word moron. Just so you would know. Yeah, that's where it comes from, right here. Right here. 
The root meaning, watch this, is deficiency. It's one who is foolish or stupid. The foolish man took shortcuts. He didn't give no thought for the future. Proverbs 14.1 says, A wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands the foolish woman tears hers down. I want to look at the two houses, but I want to look from the outside. Both homes were well built. They used the same tools. They had the same materials. Come on, somebody say amen. They went to the same Home Depot. Come on, somebody say amen. All right? But one went up quicker than the other. Both looked secure and sturdy in good weather. Come on, somebody say amen. They looked beautiful in good weather. The houses were finished and furnished, but there was a huge difference. I want to just stop there. Everybody looks good when it's good weather. Come on. When your life is going good and you got money in the bank and you're healthy and every, all your kids are doing good and everything is perfect, come on, somebody say amen. Everybody looks good when the weather is good. And these two houses look beautiful when the sun was shining. Mm. They both used the same materials and the same tools. They shook each other's hands. They admired each other's buildings. Come on, somebody say amen. You know what I found out about us as Christians? We can look good on the outside, but people don't know what's going on on the inside. Somebody say amen. We can look good, dress good, smell good, and on the inside, it's like dead men's bones. Somebody say amen. Two houses, both look beautiful. Both have, you know, the beautiful wood and the brick and the lawns were manicured and everything was beautiful. The block and the cement and the, oh my goodness, the driveway, the roof, everything, the flowers, everything looked beautiful. The difference between two lives is not always obvious. On the surface, they looked the same, the houses, at least when the sun was shining. The house on the sand probably started to shift. Even before the storm came, gaps appeared in the wall. Maybe the wood started to splinter and the owner probably, you know, started to patch up the holes with mortar or whatever and, and it appeared to be fine. And, you know, that's a picture of people. You know, we, we, we sort of slip and start to shift and the boards get weak and everything. And instead of patching it with the Lord Jesus Christ, we patch ourselves with things of the world. Somebody say amen. I'm just going to tell Take another pill. I'll go, I'll go talk to somebody else. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do it. We patch our lives up with everything but Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody say amen. And we get the wrong kind of mortar. And we start to patch up and we start to get nervous. And we start, oh, come on, somebody say amen. And we fill ourselves with things that don't satisfy just to give the appearance that everything's all right, but it's not. It's not, is it? Because what you're patching yourself up with won't last. It's a Band-Aid. Your foundation is the problem, not the weak board and the slipping nail. That's happening because of what's below it. What's below it is shifting. And you don't realize it because it happens over time. Somebody say amen. It happens little by little by little by little. And before you know it, you're 18 feet off center. Watch this. Watch this. Out of sight, the two foundations, watch this. One builder, the difference, the main difference between the two builders one took the time and determination to dig deep enough to go to the foundation, to dig down to solid rock and anchor his house so it wouldn't move. All of his work, Bishop, was out of sight. Nobody noticed him when he disappeared into the ground. The other man was already building his house up. 
But this man took the most time going down. See, I'm going to tell you something. Your foundation, you want to reach your foundation? You got to spend time with the Lord. You got to spend time in prayer. You got to spend time in Bible reading. Anchoring to the foundation doesn't just happen because you say, I'm anchored on the rock, or you sing a song. That foundation, he had to spend time and he had to dig, and nobody saw him. He disappeared, and all they saw was the other man. See, I'm going to tell you, he disappeared so he could dig. You got to get alone in your prayer closet when nobody sees you, nobody's around, where it's just you and the Lord, and you're getting down and dirty with the Lord, and you're going down to the foundation. Nobody's going to be there with you. Nobody's going to say how beautiful it is. You might be in agony. You might have to get on your knees. You may have to lay on an altar. You may have to, oh, come on, you'll be by yourself and maybe shed tears. But that's what it takes to reach the foundation. And if you want it bad enough, it's going to take time. And you're not going to, it won't matter how much time it takes. Sister, you know what he did? He said, you know what? You're already building your house? Uh Uh-uh. Because as high as it goes, that's how low it has to go in the ground. I'm not stopping until I hit bedrock. The bedrock is deeper down than the limestone and all the softer ground. You got to reach for the bedrock. Somebody say amen. And the only way you can reach for the bedrock, you got to get alone. Nobody's going to be in that hole with you. Nobody's going to dig it for you. That's just you and God. That's just you. They that seek me shall find me. You got to find him. Find him. Find him. Keep digging. Keep praying. Keep reading. Keep seeking the Lord till you hit bedrock. Because once you hit bedrock, it's forever. If you want a quick fix, there's plenty of limestone. There's plenty of sandstone. There's plenty of soil that'll shift and move. Come on, somebody say amen with me. Watch this. We just, I love it. I love it. The rock is Christ. And the sand represents self. Somebody say amen. Do you know in the Greek, the word rock means Petra? Okay? It doesn't, it's not used for a rock or a big stone. It's actually for a large expanse of bedrock, which is solid. Now watch this, 1 Corinthians 3.11. For nobody can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And we just sang that song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Come on, somebody say amen with me. I read the other day about what happened when a ship capsized at sea. Many drowned, but there was one teenager, I don't remember where I read it, was found clinging to a rock. And after he was rescued, someone asked him if he was terrified, and he responded by saying, absolutely, I was shaking all the time, but the rock wasn't. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, somebody say amen. That's the reason you anchor in the rock. It don't matter. When I'm in Christ and I'm into the bedrock, it don't matter how nervous I get, how afraid I get. It don't matter how much I shake. You know what? From my ankles up might shake, but my feet are on solid ground. It's on bedrock. Somebody say amen. My Lord. Same storm. Same storm. The Bible says in Psalm 18.2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. The same storm. The other week, the past week, the forecasters were calling for our tropical storm. Somebody say amen. Hurricane, downgraded, tropical storm, whatever. All right, it was in the Atlantic Ocean. 
How many know we're in hurricane season and you know the storms are coming, we just don't know when. It strikes me how abruptly and how suddenly that this storm comes on the scene. Listen to the amplified version of this. It says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and it beat against that house and it fell and great and complete was the fall of it. Notice that the adversity came from above with the rain. The rain fell. It came from below. The floods came. The winds blew from all the sides. Problems drench us like rain from above. The pressures pound us like a hurricane. The problems and everything come from the side. Somebody say amen. When a storm comes, it comes all over. Somebody say amen. Did you ever notice how storms never come at the right time? Am I the only one that when they show up, there's about 10 other things going on in my life? Am I the only one that gets hit from the top, the bottom, the sides, underneath? Come on, somebody say amen. If, a, if the doctor calls, that's the same week something's going on at work or something's going on in the family or something. Oh, come on, somebody. Or a bill can't get paid. Come on, somebody say amen with me. Notice the same storm hit both houses. He causes the sun to rise on the just and the unjust. It rains on the just and the unjust. Somebody say amen. Charles Spurgeon said, whether your religion be true or not, it will be tried. Somebody say amen. It, it will be tried. Foundations are hidden, but they're proved by the storm. You're not going to know how valuable your foundation is until the storm hits. You may be worried about your shutters and your curtains and your, uh, your furniture and your roof and, and the, the color of your house, but I'm going to tell you what, when that storm hits, I guarantee you, you're going to be praying for your foundation. Lord, don't let my house blow away. Let my foundation stay. Oh, my God, let me wake up in the morning and my house still be there. Somebody say amen. When those tornadoes come in the Midwest, they're not worried about their shutters or the color of their paint, they're saying, Lord, please let my house stand. And when that storm comes, you want to be able to stand. Who cares about the curtains? Who cares, Brother George, if my furniture rolls over or, or whatever, or some rain comes in? I want to know that I'm still there in the morning. I want to know that I'm still praising God. Somebody say amen. I want to know that I'm still in Christ Jesus. I want to wake up and see the structure of my home. I don't want to see it across the street. Because that's when the foundation becomes important, when the storms of life hit. And that's why Jesus is saying, these teachings of mine, are you going to do them? If you do, what's the secret? Do what I told you to do. If you do them, the storms are going to come, mind you. It's going to hit the rain, and it's going to come on the just and the unjust. Everybody gets rained on. I don't care how holy you think you are. I don't care how many times you speak in tongues. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? You can anoint yourself with oil. Go out in a rainstorm, you get wet. Come on, somebody say amen. I don't care what it is. Nobody is exempt from a doctor's call. I don't care. Who, listen, I'm not into that name it, claim it, and you're never going to get sick, and you're going to live for it. No, 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 no. I'm going to live forever one day when he comes back. Somebody say amen. And if he chooses to heal me, I'm going to be healed. If he chooses to take me home, guess what? Paul said to live as Christ, to die is gain. But I want to know. When the storm is over, that I'm still standing. Because too many Christians, when the storm is over, they don't realize they're no longer on the bedrock. They're across the street or in a fetal position. Come on, somebody say amen. 
I want to be on solid rock. And after Jesus got preaching this, all these sermons, he says, and now if you'll listen to me, I'll, you'll be like two men who built a house. Well, Lord, what's going to depend? How am I going to know what foundation that I'm, that I'm going to wind up on? If you do these sayings of mine, if you do, don't be just a hearer. Listen, you know what? And I always said this. I love when we used to go to camp meeting or whatever it was. And after the message, I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. I heard something I never heard, or I got convicted, or I wanted to change my life, or whatever it was. It was like, wow, it was good to be in the house of the Lord. I want to I wanna change. I want to, wow, thank you for preaching that. Come on, somebody say amen. You know what I'm saying? And, and if it affects you, it, it, it moves you into another direction or another, that, that other realm or that other level that you, that you want to go to. Jesus said, if you do these things, you already heard them, he said to the thousands. You already heard it. You already heard me preach. And, and they even said that they were amazed. Even the teachers of the law were like, wow, how many people hear a good sermon, Bishop? And they go, whoo, that was good, but never do it. The minute they leave the church, it went in one ear and out the other. Preaching, that was good. Whoo, man. And they get in the car. And it's like that. They were never in church. Hearing it is 50%. If you don't do what you hear, you should have stayed home. I won't get in trouble for this now. It's all right. See, if I get in trouble when I preach, it's the Holy Ghost's fault, not mine. I could always blame God for it. Somebody say amen, but it's all right. Somebody say amen. If you're just going to hear what I say and not do it, you should have stayed home or went to IHOP. No, no, you would have had a better time, I promise you. If you're not going to do what you hear, you, you would have been better off somewhere else. I know that, was, that that's pretty harsh, but it's the truth. So many are going to sit in church across America and the world today, and they're just going to hear it. They're going to look nice. They're going to dress beautiful. Come on, somebody say, you know what I'm saying? Hey, brother, hey, sister, they're going to talk the churchies talk, and they're going to leave, and everything they heard. Do you know they even joke about it? There's even jokes written about it where they'll ask somebody like 10 minutes after the sermon is, is done, oh, what'd you, what did he preach on? And most people do that. They can't remember. Jesus just preached. He's giving them a parable to solidify it for them to make a choice whether they're going to do what they heard or they're just going to leave. All right, let, let me move on. Let me move on. Storms on the outside reveal what's on the inside of the house. Hebrews 12, 26 and 27, God said, one more, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but I'm going to shake the heavens once more. He's going to, listen, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. Whatever can't be shaken is going to remain. Somebody say, amen. We already see everything starting to shake. I'm not saying God is doing this or that or the other thing. No, 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 no. His time is in his hands and whatever he's doing. But I'm going to tell you what. This is shaking. The whole world has been shook by a little virus, something we can't even see. It brought the world to its knees. There wasn't a, 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 a nation on the globe, a spot on the globe that wasn't touched by it. A little tiny virus. Let me bring this together now. Both men had the privilege of hearing Jesus preach. The only difference is while both men listened to the words of Jesus, only one man lived it out. Proverbs 10 and 25 says, When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. 
When you practice what Jesus says, you're going to weather the storms of life. Somebody say amen. The most frustrating thing whenever I witness to somebody is I know what the Bible says, but I know it's wrong, but it's, it's what I want to do. You know, I, I, I can remember I, I counseled somebody. And they were a Christian. And I counseled them. And it was their marriage, and they were, well, they wanted to do something else. And said, well, I'm sure God wants to see me happy. Because I'm not happy over here, so I'm going to be happy over here. So if I leave this over here, you know, I'm sure God wants me to be, because i got a lot of life left to live. I said, so it doesn't matter if God's happy. It matters if you're happy. That's a decision you made. You have to now work on it with the Lord to make it work. And if God means what you say he means to you, you're going to do the right thing. Somebody say amen. It is so easy, so easy to get off the foundation. It is so easy, and we patch it up with self, what I want. This is what I want, so you tilt a little more. This is where I want to go, you tilt a little more. This is my vision for my life, and you tilt a little more. Never, what does God want? What does God want me to do? Who does God want me to marry? My goodness, when I wanted a wife, I prayed. God, give me your choice. Give me your choice. Today, we got young folk that just, well, they don't have to be a Christian. Yeah, they do. Or else you're unequally yoked. You're not going to bring them into church. They're going to take you out of church. Somebody, never think you're, it's okay to be with somebody because you're going to get them in church. They'll get you out of church before you get them in church. Somebody say amen. It never works that way. Do it God's way from the get-go. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Let's go back to the story, and I'm almost done. Everyone who hears and puts it into practice continually hears and continually heeds and keeps doing them. Jesus said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Are you putting yourself in a place to continually work on your foundation? Is it easy? No. Do you think it's easy digging down to bedrock? No. You think your flesh wants to read the Bible? No. You think your flesh wants you to get up extra early before you go to work so you can pray and bring heaven down and pray for your family? No. Come on. You, you think I'm kidding? When, when you go to bed tonight, open up your Bible and see how tired you get within five seconds. Somebody say Amen. The enemy's going to make sure you get tired. It's not easy work building the foundation. Somebody say amen. But if you keep building it, and if you keep going deep, and if you keep stretching, and if you keep praying, and if you keep seeking, you're going to hit bedrock. You're going to meet Jesus before long, and you're going to be anchored. Because the more of the word you read, when, you, when that storm comes, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. No devil, perfect love casts out all fear. And even though you get blown around in the shutters and the, and the drapes, you're going to stand. Because you dug to the bedrock, and you're standing on Jesus. I don't know your lives. Some of you, this is the first time I'm meeting you. But if your Christianity is a Sunday, then you don't have Christianity. You can't live on a Sunday. I found out when this message is over, it's over. It might be good enough for maybe a little bit of today, but I found out when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to get my word. 
And when I wake up tomorrow morning, today's word was good for to go. Come on, somebody say amen. But now I got to kind of put it on the back burner because God wants to do a new thing on a Monday and speak a new word to me. And I need to go a little further down to the foundation. Because when that storm comes, I want to have my scripture ready. Because I don't know. Somebody say amen. Uh, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. When, when the doctors diagnosed me with CLL, which is a form of leukemia, four years ago, you know what? I'm going to tell you what. The storm hit, but I know, I know in whom I believe. Somebody say amen. I said, Lord, I'm your servant. I'm your child. However long you want me here, I'm going to be here. I'm going to come on. Somebody say amen. The wind can blow. You're going to take me? Take me. You don't want to take me? I'll preach Christ. Somebody say amen. You don't just, you got to dig deep. You got to know your scripture. You got to be in prayer. There's not a morning I don't come here and pray. I have to. I have to. I have to. I have to. That's why I said to Pastor Hiram when he took over, I said, would you allow me one thing? Out of everything. Just one thing. I won't bother nobody. I promise you won't even know I'm here. I just want to pray here in the morning. That's what I want to do. That's what I need to do. I can't survive without my prayer closet. If I don't go before the Lord every morning, I don't even want to go through my day. Somebody say amen. I want to know that when I get out of my prayer closet, everything's going to be all right. Somebody say amen. I want to know I'm standing on the bedrock. I prayed. I spoke to my father. He's sitting on the throne. Everything's in his control. Devil, you can try to beat me. The winds can come, but I'm going to stand. And guess what, devil? I'm still here. Somebody say amen. The storms will come, but you've got to reach down to the bedrock. Get off of the limestone. Get off of the sandstone. It's not going to hold you. It's not going to hold you. Do you know when they build a house, they have to first do a soil inspection. They have to test the soil, especially here on Long Island. Some places are more sandy. Some have a little clay. Not every ground is good for a foundation. <laughs> it may look flat. And when you first build it, it may seem good. You, you know what that, uh, the Holy Spirit, listen, we first get saved. Everything seems like, you know, got a little bit of that fire you're standing. As you get older in the Lord and if you don't pay attention, to your foundation. See, a foundation just, unless it's a sinkhole, and that's very rare, unless you're in Florida, it moves gradually. You know what they call it? In, they call it creeping. It moves so slow that you can't tell. You know when you can tell? When the crack forms. And then it's too late. You know how many Christians the crack has formed and they went back on drugs they went back into the world. You know why? They weren't on the found right, right ground. They never did a soil analysis of where their foundation was. You see, in, like I said, the Sears Tower, they had to go down 100 feet to hit bedrock. Imagine that, 100 feet, but that tower will never move. So you have to find out what you're building. Where are you, where are you building your life? On what ground are you building your life? I know you're here today, but how's your foundation? Right now, if you had to look in the mirror right now and say, how is my foundation? What am I building my life on? How's my attitude? How's my forgiveness? How's my reading? How's my prayer life? How are the things that are building my life, how are they doing? Because those are the only things that matter. Hey, the tools that you need to get down to the bedrock. Does Jesus have your attitude? Does Jesus have your forgiveness? Does he have your personality? Does he have your smile? Somebody say amen. Come on now. 
Come on now. My goodness, my goodness. Let me move on. Some of us, we need to go deep. I think today it's time to go deep. Somebody say amen. It's time to go deep. A heavy rain had stopped falling. And just before a man drove down a lonely road, as he rounded a curb, he saw an old farmer surveying the ruins of his barn. His barn was destroyed. The driver stopped to ask what happened. Ah, the roof fell in, the farmer said. Leaked so long it just rotted clear through. Why didn't you fix it before it got bad? Well, replied the farmer, I just never seemed to get around to it. Around to it. When the weather was good, I didn't need to. And when it rained, it was too wet to work. When everything is good, I don't have to check my foundation. Who cares if it's got a crack? I got money in the bank. The doctor never called Bishop. Everything's good. You know what I'm trying to say? My refrigerator's full. This is good. My children are, oh, come on, somebody say amen. I don't, you see, you need to check your foundation before the storm comes. When the storm comes, it's then too late. Or if the weather starts getting a little shaky, then you don't want to work in the rain. Come on, somebody say, you know what I realized? When a little bit of a trial comes, we get tired. And now we don't want to really read or pray. You know what I'm saying? We miss the good weather days. And when we should have read and prayed, we should have got the word hit in our heart that we wouldn't sin against them. We didn't because the weather was good. Now it's raining a little bit, but now I'm tired. And then when the storm comes, I got nothing to hold on to. Because I should have did it when the weather was good. Serve the Lord at all times. Don't wait for the storm. If you do, it's too late. You got to do it when the weather is good. You got to do it at all times. Don't wait. Somebody say amen. Because the storm isn't going to give you a calendar date when it's coming. It won't do that, and you're going to need to stand. You're going to need Scripture to stand on. You're going to need to talk to your Father who's on the throne. Somebody say amen. You're going to need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to stand because even though there might be people standing with you, it's your storm. Even though I'll stand with you, I'll pray with you, but it's your storm. When you go to bed at night, nobody's going to be there. The preacher won't be there. The prayer warriors aren't going to be there. It's going to be you. And you need to stand. Somebody say amen. You need to weather the storm that you're in. Let me move on. I'm almost done. I promise. No, I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm teasing. Yes, yes, yes. Twelve miles off the coast of Scotland stands the Bell Rock Lighthouse. It's the world, world's oldest surviving sea-washed lighthouse. It was built on an acre of solid rock in the middle of the North Sea. Waves and storms have been crashing into it for 200 years, and it still stands. Why? Because of its solid foundation. On the outside, I don't know who I'm speaking to. You got it all together. You're here today, and you got it all together. You look beautiful on the outside. In fact, everybody looks handsome and beautiful today. Bishop, everybody's dressed up nice. So so am I, but I'm soaking wet right now. Somebody say amen. You knew that was going to happen. Amen. I wore this shirt so you wouldn't see it as much, but it's starting to droop on me now. But that's all right. They used to it. They used to it. Everyone looks good on the outside. But what's going on on the inside? What's going on down below? What storm just hit your life that, come on, somebody say amen. It shook you up. It shook you up. It tossed you about a little bit. It tossed you about. What are you standing on? You see, there are two men here. Which one are you? Which one are you? Which one are you? The storms of sickness, sin, sorrow, suffering, financial stress, relational conflicts hits us all. Nobody's exempt. Which of the two men are you? How's your foundation right now? 
Have you been working on it? Have you been digging? Have you found Jesus? Are you standing on the rock? Come on, there's only one. Listen, Jesus said there's only two ways, two foundations, two men. He's talking to the big crowd. You heard me preach. Now, which one of these two men are you? you, If you're the wise man, you're going to do what I said. If you're the foolish man, you're going to let it go in one ear and out the other and just leave and say, Woo, that was a good sermon. Somebody say amen. The Bible says that they were blown away. And it came to pass when Jesus said these, the people were astonished at his doctrine. In other words, you know what they said? Boy, preacher, you could preach. Woo, Jesus, you shucked the corn. And then they went home. I don't know who did what he actually said. Jesus gave the parable, and we don't have any more information after that. I wonder how many went home after hearing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords preach on the, on the beautiful Beatitudes and preaching on how to pray, our Father who art in, how to pray, our Father who art in heaven, and just went home like they heard nothing. As they walked down the road, they were probably then talking about Sunday macaroni and meatballs and some nice locatelli cheese and sausage and meatballs. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh, come on. Say, oh, my God, Sister Rosa. Come on. Hallelujah. And Sister Ann's eggplant. Come on, somebody say amen. That'll make you forget anything. Somebody say amen. But I wonder how many of them were walking home and they were talking about maybe what they were going to do at work or whatever it was going to be and just forgot about the sermon that Jesus preached. I'm going to ask you right now, with every head bowed and eye closed, just bow your heads, everybody. I won't embarrass anybody, I promise.